Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another special edition of Youth Ministry Booster Podcast. Uh, Chad, here we are together, alone together, alone together. Back at it again with the fans. (laughs) You haven't heard Uh, that in a minute. Hmm? It's been a minute. It's been a minute, Daniel. Uh, And so, uh, wow, Uh, living into uh, what feels like forever, uh, but is actually only week three of a global pandemic trying to make high or low heads or tails sense of how to be and minister in it. And buddy, I just want to come today and tell you, I'm tired. Okay. I am. I'm I'm tired. I'm tired. It was all, everything was fun and games when we first started. It was like, Oh shoot. Can we do youth ministry online? And then I think we all did it, done it. And now we're done with it. (laughs) (laughs) And I think in a lot of ways, there's some, there's some depth to that. There's some conversation to that. There's some uh, virtual theology around that. But I think more than anything else, I feel disruptive. And in that disruptive uh, uh, upheaval, uh, I, I'm, I'm tired. I'm, I'm living and working from home with my whole family, living and working from home. Uh, and in a conversation that I shared with my wife the other day, I feel like I have been working out the of, of a muscle group of an existence muscle group uh, that's never been used before. And it just feels tired all the sure. time. I, I think that this is all new for everyone. And, and there's so many different areas, right? Like you're talking about that, like, you know, uh, emotional swings, trying to figure out new things, new creative. And there's always a level of excitement. I think at first, Right of these the like, rush, the yeah, adrenaline, these new type things. But I think we're 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 at the point now where the new has definitely worn off. This thing, the fear is still there, um, the concern's still there. We're starting to see for many youth pastors, you know, that first Zoom call was so much fun, right? Yeah. And and your kids were used to it. Now they're using Zoom for their schools and all these kind right. of things. It's no longer the cool, fun thing, and, and you're trying no to... longer the Brady Bunch grid that's so cute. Everybody, <laughs> all the memes are done. <laughs> right, right. Now you're frustrated with them. You, they're on their phone. They're turning off their video. They've got a virtual back background, right? All these kind of things, um, and and now we have all these new problems that we've never dealt with before. All of those kind of things, along with let's talk honestly as well. I think the fear for many of us with our churches of you know, our own salary and, and, you know, financial stability. Givings and, and plannings and like, right. And not to mention, you may have small children that will not go away, right? Um, <laughs> I keep shutting that door. They keep opening it. I mean, like, daddy says the red light. Like, like that Uncle Jesse red light has never been more apropos for a millennial generation wondering why the heck would you need a red light outside of the downstairs recording studio? Yeah. It's because he knew. He knew he was living into a <laughs> pandemic and he had to keep those kids out. <laughs> yeah, man. So, yeah, I, I get it. I understand the the feeling of feeling like we're tired. Um, so I push back, and, and maybe it is. I'm, I, I want to ask this question because I think each of us need to answer the question. Um, are we tired? Are we emotionally spent? Are we spiritually spent? Are we just apathetic because we have not left our house in two and a half weeks, right? Or whatever. And so I think I think 
if we're having these feelings, identifying the actual cause is utmost of importance. So we always like to talk personally with, with each other. So for you, Zach Workin, which one of those is it? Or is it E of, you know, the Scantron machine, right, of something else? <laughs> Just run the chapstick along the edge so it doesn't read it. Uh, I mean, I, it's all of it, right? Like, I think, I think it's all of it. I mean, like, cause we all had a plan. Like I, I had a plan. We were working from home. The kids were gone until three. Uh, and I just like the plan of what was a few weeks ago, months ago is gone. And I'm just feeling it at every level. Like my energy level is lower. I'm feeling less productive. I'm feeling less like purposeful. I think that's one of the things that like, youth ministry is tricky because it's like the work is so noble and we want to be crisis responders. Um, but like, we kind of all had like a plan. We kind of had an all progression. And I think a lot of us, especially in this season are feeling some of those dominoes begin to fall. Like this Easter weekend is different for everybody. That wasn't the plan. Uh, summer camps are changing. Our mission trip is canceled. Like, like we had a plan, we had a purpose and now it just feels like we're like well beyond like that early round of triage. And like, I mean, I know for you, and I'd love to hear you say it out loud, like part of good leadership is good planning. And if the plan falls away, we feel like less of a leader and less of a person. And now like I've got my kids and my family in such a close proximity. I've either got to be a better dad or a worse dad, but I can't be the same dad that I was. <laughs> mm. Well, and, and when you talk about planning too, here here's the other hard part of this whole thing. You know, how do you plan for the future? When, when do we get to go back? Right? When are we done with this? Yeah. yeah. Give me a timeline. <laughs> Update my timeline. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, for many youth pastors, you may be sitting there going, oh, you know, camp is canceled. Well, what happens if you get to start meeting again during that time frame, right? Like, do you try to pull off something during the summer? All of these kind of questions that I don't think anyone has an answer to yet. And so the thing that I would lead with um, that, I, that I think we want to get into the pond of all these questions that, that we've already built and are swimming into is the word control. Because I think mm. for us, all, everything that we are experiencing and feeling at some level comes back to this word of control. Um, and, and I think that for us, whether we're planners, whether we're not, whether we're at home, whether whatever, there's a sense of we feel like we're out of control. Or um, I'll, I'll lend this one. Maybe we felt like we're, we've been in control the whole time and we mm. really haven't. Um, and so now that that lie is definitely exposed to us, there's even more of that feeling of vulnerability, um, all of those questions that we have that come with that. So does that resonate with you? Well, and so, I mean, we talked a little bit about it earlier when we were just phone calling today. Like, uh, I mean, con control has always probably been the enemy. And it's what you shared just a few moments ago of whether we were aware of it or not. But but what do we, okay so we've named it we've named the enemy of, of our own fearfulness is control like if it's if it's in control I can be less afraid of it well now I'm out of control and I'm afraid of it like what what do I do like how how do I live into how do I live into a time of fear mm. um, I I think that if we've exposed the lie and the lie's always been there right 
that we haven't been in control, then I think we have to turn to what we should have been doing the whole time, if we're honest. And the times in ministry that we're actually really functioning well is understanding that we we don't have complete control, but we serve a God who is, um, and, and being willing to have faith in Him in this process, know that He works all things out for is good. And, um, and and I think that for us, we have to start to become comfortable in the uncomfortability of that, right? Mm. Um, and, and, and I think that, I think there's a level of faith in that, right? There's a... Um, so if I just have more faith, so, so what, you, what you're telling me is that, okay, okay, all right, thanks, pastor, <laughs> right. I need more faith in this season. Great. Okay. I'll just churn some more of that up. Yeah. So it will be good. My, my pushback, right? And so the theological pushback is it's not ours, even in that, right? Like your, your faith is not your own. And I think it's he, he who gives that. And so um, I think for us, it is this period of time of helplessness, of being children and, and understanding that, you know, these are all things that. Dude, let's be honest. And even when I'm saying this to you, I always feel like when we have these conversations with other ministers, there's always this feeling of they know. You know what I mean? Like, even as I talk about this, I'm like, God, these people know this, right? They know. Well, that- they know, but we forget. And I yeah. think that is like fundamentally, like that is the work of, of, of real ministry. Because I would even extend uh, as much as our pastor friends that are listening to this know your people probably at some level also know, but are even more prone to forget. Mm. Like Because what fear does is cloud. What fear does is overtake. What fear does is feed you too many voices to listen to, so we forget. Mm. Uh, but, but, but remind us. So Chad, remind us what's the thing that we are actually forgetting. Mm. <sighs> What is the thing that we're forgetting? I mean, that's a good question. Um, I think we're forgetting that this was not a surprise. Um, this was not a surprise for the Lord. Mm. Like, all of this. Um, when you were planning 2020, when you were planning for camp, when you were planning for, you know, your series for all the years and you, you know, you had that great curriculum set up and you did all your leader training and all of this kind of stuff, like he knew. Mm. Um, And I think maybe there's, because we're walking through some pain and it is hard, maybe even hearing that there is some feeling of like, God, why, right? Like, why are we here? What is happening? All of these kind of things. And I just continue to remind myself that um, he who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. Hmm. And I, God is not surprised by your tired. He's not caught off guard by your frustration. Um, and he's not offended by your doubt. Mm. And I think that it's a season and a time in the same way that we're ministering in a new way. We also have to be ministered to in a new way. Mm. Um, 
our time with the Lord is more valuable now than it may ever have been in our life. Um, our time in prayer right now um, is more crucial than any other time in our life. Um, and yet, I think for some of us, we're feeling tired at an emotional, spiritual level. We're trying to simply fix these in a physical realm of more sleep, more rest, more exercise, right? And these are good things. And for many of us, we're fighting depression because we haven't left the house. And so we don't, we don't stop these either. But in the same, in the same um, stroke of fixing all of these other things, we have to dive into um, our willingness to abide in Him, to spend time with Him, and to know that this is where our hope comes from. This is where our comfort and our peace and our joy comes from. And we, we can no longer fake it. Um, Zach, I don't know about you, buddy, but you've done this job long enough it gets real easy to just kind of fake it and call it in, right? <laughs> we know where we need to be seen. Yeah. Which is the most dangerous posture to be in. Like there literally, there are moments where you know where to stand in the room. You move down front for the invitation. You sneak away before the last song is done so you can glad hand at the door on the way out. You make sure to roll in at the right time. Like it is really easy to know where to be seen. Mm. Now that we've peeled back that physical layer of a church building, a church gathering space to re-examine what it means to pastor and care for God's people, we don't know where to be seen, which challenges us in the places unseen. And Chad, I what you shared is a hundred percent correct because we went through and we problem solved all the things that we could see and fix. Mm -hmm. We need a spot to gather. We need a place for people to get the pipeline of information. But what it has revealed is the unseen, which is the source of our joy, mm. the source of our hope, the source that gives life. Because for the first time in a long time, we are living with it 24-7. There is no separation for so many of us from church and home. And so whatever artifice or wall or barrier we had put in between those two is now gone. And whatever we're left feeling is the real matter at hand. Forget making a better YouTube video. Take this season to figure out what it means to be faithful mm. to the one who is greater in faith than you, what it means to be a parent, what it means to be a partner. Like this is that season. Because in this global calamity, in this pandemic of worry and fear, if we're just trying to put all the pieces in place, we have missed what's really broken. We've known it from the beginning. We are broken. And our whole hope of pastoring in this is just to role model that brokenness lived out into faithfulness and forgiveness. And I think for so many of us, um, the, the, the exhaustion you're feeling, one, is okay. Feel exhausted. This is a tiring time. But what's not okay is to rest in something beyond just your own newfound sleep habit. We've got to figure out a way to rest in a faithfulness and a truthfulness 
that is a source beyond our own willpower or our own no power. So, man, what, what are we missing when we need to talk about? I think, I think in the midst of all of this, when we see our people that are afraid, um, our natural... Um, our natural draw is often to look like the person who's not afraid because we think that's what they need, right? And I think it's the last thing they need. Um, I, I, th- I think that our people need ministers who are willing to vocalize their own fear um, coupled with their own faith. Hmm. Um. Because if we try to look like somebody that doesn't look like them, then there's no model of what it looks like to be a person who is in the midst of fear and yet has faith and hope. Mm. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Oh my gosh, I'm about to share a story that is unbelievably tender to me, and so bear with me as I get through this. Um. My my wife and I walked through our first miscarriage many years back. And, dude, I didn't know what to do in that period of time as her husband. Like, I saw my wife hurting, and I just tried to not. And I pushed it down, and I felt like I had to be this husband that, like, was strong and there and all of these kind of things. But in the midst of that, I did not grieve with my wife. And so when she was healed and she was um, further down that road, internally, I was still grieving, but now I was alone. When we walked through our second miscarriage, we walked through it together. Mm. I led by walking next to her and feeling what she was feeling emotionally through that process. And I think that for us to minister well, we have to be ministers that feel it and walk through it with our people and stop pretending like this is happening to someone else and that we're just there to run programs. Um, our work of ministers in this period of time, yeah, we need to have great gatherings online and we need to think through how we teach the word in creative new ways to people Um, that's applicable to them right now. But we have to be ministers who have our hands and our feet dirty right now, willing to sit next to people who are walking through difficult times Um, and to feel it. There's a reason why I think that we see Jesus weep at the death of Lazarus. Um, because he was there and he knew him and he loved him. Mm. And I think that there is that type of ministry heart that we all must embody in this time, in this time. And my hope and my prayer is that for you and I and our listeners, 
on the tail end of this thing, my biggest worry is that we that we would go back to what we were before mm. this thing and not take the opportunity to grow in this process and allow this challenge to become character. Mm. Um, and I think that for you and I, and the, the tiredness that we feel, let's own it, let's call it for what it is, and let's say that we're tired, um, but not miss the opportunity to see the growth that's also going to happen. Um, I think I think we're going to have a lot of great pastors when this thing's done. Better ones than when we started. Yeah. Um, and if that's what he wants for his church, who am I to disagree? I'm going to turn your world upside down. And I'm going to show you...